What is going on, everyone? Scriptwriter Steve, right here. You've reached my podcast, Barbecue Two Movies. Yeah, I haven't been podcasting lately. Well, I've been really, really busy with business. Business has been crazy. I've been doing weddings up to one two. So I just wanted to thank you to all my clients out there. If you're listening, thank you very much for making my bank account looking a lot better. <laughs> I'm not poor anymore. That's great. All right. Anyway, I just gonna I'm gonna turn this down here. Well, today is April 7th, 2021. I'm not sure if I said that yet. It is Wednesday. Today is a really, really big day today because um, we have, um, uh, I guess, a pretty big announcement, uh, not coming from me, but from our governor or maybe our mayor uh, on a decision on whether or not Hawaii will be pushed back into Tier 2. We are currently in Tier 3 right now, which is modified to look much like Tier 4. And in case you just don't know what Tier 1, 2, Tier... Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4 is, um, I'll just summarize it saying Tier 1 is almost like, like a complete lockdown, and then Tier 4 is pretty much good, I guess a lot of freedom with a lot of modifications, and uh, right now we're in a Tier 3 uh, that is very much modified uh, to look like, I guess, none of the tiers, and all, I'm not sure why they put these tiers um, together, I think they were to just give uh, a sense of foundation, our former mayor, uh, Mayor Caldwell, who I'm not a very big fan of, came out and said that um, these tiers were just uh, meant to provide a foundation to work from and were always meant to be modified as we went on. And they were created uh, when there was no hope of any vaccine in the, near, in the near future. And right now we are living in a world with a vaccine that actually works. So we've been actually modifying the entire, I guess, I guess the, the entire tier. So right now, uh, restaurants can open up at 100% occupancy, uh, but they have to be, I guess, at six feet. I guess uh, people have to be social distanced by six feet and uh, they have to still wear a mask if they're walking around. But once they're seated at the tables, they don't have to wear a mask. But that doesn't mean that all of the restaurants are open right now. Like, for example, McDonald's is not open. Burger King is not open. Wendy's is open, which is great. I love it at Wendy's. So I, I eat at Wendy's a lot because I just love to sit down in the air condition. I'm not sure why McDonald's is not open. So anyway, as far as weddings go, um, the mayor and the governor modified it so we could have 100 people at weddings. And again, it didn't make any sense. I think you heard me complain over and over again that, you know, at one time in tier three, we could only have 10 people at weddings. But if my couple were dead, they could have 25 people there because you could have 25 people at an outdoor funeral, but you could only have 10 at an outdoor wedding. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. I got into a huge debate with some of the women over at, over at the Department of Health. They told me I have to follow the science. I have to believe the science. And now when I called them up and asked them, hey, can I have 100 now? And they were quiet. Foot in the mouth syndrome. What do we know? Foot in the mouth syndrome. Boy, do they hate to be wrong. <laughs> but what can I say? I love to be right. So anyway, the question is that now that if we go back in tier, into tier two, what will happen to all of these businesses? And why would we go back into tier two? That just, just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And I'll get all into this later on. Um, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to talk about for, I guess, 
this podcast, right? I'm going to talk about COVID, business, Hawaii, um, everything. And COVID, not just here in Hawaii, but COVID throughout, I guess, the entire United States. So going back to me, going back to my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii, uh, things are doing incredibly fantastic. Uh, inquiries are really up. Um, I'm getting inquiries almost every single day. Uh, this is kind of how it was pre-COVID, which is great. Now, people are, I guess, a lot of states are opening up. And a lot of states are opening up. And a lot of people who live in states that are still locked down somewhat, for example, New York City. And not, that's not a state, but, you know, New York City still locked down. We, I have, I'm talking to couples telling, and they're telling me, Steve, we got to get out of this place. We've been in jail for almost a year. I can't stand this place. And they're moving. They're moving out of New York City. How do you like that? So, and I'm, my bookings are up really well, like I told you before. But here's the really, really funny thing. Well, not, it's not funny. Um, it's just incredible. Why don't we just call it incredible? Do you know that it's $1,000 a day to rent a car on Oahu? $1,000 a day. That's price gouging, right? It, but they're, they're, you know, the people, I guess the rental car companies are not being charged with price gouging, but it's $1,000 a day for a car rental because you really can't get a car in Hawaii and it's $1,000 a day for a, a convertible Camaro, Camaro or something like that or a Mustang or something. $1,000 a day because what happened was that all of these rental car companies, they didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. So what happened was that they ended up selling a lot of their cars, and uh, they're just preparing for the worst. I think Hertz Rental Car. I think they filed for Chapter Thirteen bankruptcy or something like that, and they. I think they closed up. I'm not sure if they closed up for good though. But they sold a lot of their cars. I remember driving by um, the stadium, and the parking lot. We have, we have a huge um, parking lot at our stadium, and it was just filled up to the wazoo. You know, um, with with just rental cars. And then I drove by some other fields, and there's rental car after rental car after rental car. But what was happening was that they're packing up all these rental cars, shipping shipping them to the mainland and selling them for cheap, pennies on the dollar. And uh, guess what? Now, if they would have just held on, maybe a, a month or so, they would have been okay. But here's what's even funnier. Well, I, I'm not sure if it's funny, but tourists are literally renting U-hauls to get around. So they're driving around in U-Hauls because they're so desperate for a vacation and they're so desperate for a rental car. Can you imagine that? A U-Haul. Okay. All right. So what other things are going good for me? Um, well, I just have to say, um, you, during the, the pandemic, I was working for a podcast company. It's called Mojave Beach Productions. And uh, it started off as a brainchild of Esther Luttrell. She's a really great screenwriter, a close friend of mine. And just recently, it started to gain momentum. So I'm really happy for them. Uh, I worked on their website for them. And I, in the future, I think I'll work as a story consultant for them. And I may, I may even pen a few stories for them. Who knows? But right now, I'm just you know, designing their website, making, maintaining it, make sure, make sure all of their, I guess, um, I guess new material gets onto the, gets onto the web. Uh, if you want to check it out, just go to MojaveBeachProductions.com. So Mojave is spelled M-O-J-A-V, and then you have Beach and Productions with an S. So MojaveBeachProductions.com, and you can go there. If you just look on, I guess, one of the apps out there, you know, how you, how you find me, right? 
just search for Mojave Beach Productions and you'll find a lot of, I guess, their productions over there. So what do they create? Well, they just create, you know, uh, I guess modified audiobooks. I guess that's the best way to say it. Uh, they're audiobooks which are read, um, but not really, hmm, it's hard to say what they, how they do it. It's not really read verbatim, but more so uh, a story that is told in an audiobook format. So there, it's actually like kind of like me, t- how I'm telling you a story. That's how it sounds. So it sounds as though a person is sitting down from across of you and telling you a story. And uh, sometimes they have sound effects in the back and they have other people playing characters. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. So, and... On other things, I'm almost I'm almost all done with uh, some of my own fictional creations. Um, I'm starting to write some of my own few writing projects. Um, uh, I have a mystery uh, series that I'm basing here in Hawaii, and it follows three unlikely friends: a college football jock with an attitude, a brainiac comic book nerd, and a police detective who's not very good at his job. And uh, these three characters solve crimes in Hawaii, and these cri- these crimes are actually all related to something even a lot larger than they actually thought, and a lot more devious than they actually thought. So it's pretty funny. Very, you know, three unlikely friends be- solving crimes. And uh, it's, uh, I think it's be kind of comedic, kind of not. Um, I'm still writing it, so we'll see where it goes. And uh, once that's done, I'm still not sure how I'm going to distribute it, whether or not it'll be through podcasts. Uh, maybe it may be through Mojave Beach Productions. It may be through here. Um, it may be through one of my, I guess, other formats, um, which I'm creating. It's called a Scrivella. But I'll get into that maybe what a Scrivella is, maybe into maybe a few weeks from now. Maybe a few weeks from now when I'm ready to release, uh, I guess, one of my fictional works, which is really cool, okay? Uh, as far as um, what you may think about COVID cases here in Hawaii, uh, COVID cases, just if you're wondering, they're up here. They're up. They're ticking up. They're, they're, and uh, it's getting a lot of people nervous because we saw that, I guess, um, I guess we saw COVID cases drastically take a nosedive, and I made this claim uh, in March that it would be done with uh, come April. And I, I'm still saying it's done with. I actually believe that COVID is done with, and I'll explain to it. I'll explain it very, very clear to you, right? So, um, but again, I'm not going to explain it right now. That'll be for after when I get back from commercial, why, why I think COVID is gone now. Uh, but right now... I'm more worried about, you know, what will happen later on today when I wake up and, and, and I'm just wondering, is it, is, uh, are we going to go back to tier two and will all of my couples who, I guess, who had weddings that were, I guess, had about around a hundred guests, will they have to postpone their wedding again? I hope not. I hope not. But I just don't know because our governor, he is a flat out idiot. Now, I, I know a lot of you are saying, Steve, you know, don't don't call your governor an idiot. I know he's a Democrat, but he can't be that bad. No, this, our governor, he wins the idiot or maybe the douchebag of all time, all right? So in 2018, I'm not sure if any of you remember this, but this is in 2018 when Trump was president and um, a city official, uh, he accidentally sent out a text to all of our phones that said, a ballistic missile was en route to Oahu, en route to our state, and basically <laughs> shelter in place or, or find shelter. And this is not a drill. So this sent, this text was sent to every single cell phone out there. Now, I was actually sleeping when this all happened. So I, I slept through the entire panic. 
Now the governor knew that this text was sent in it, and it was and it was obvious in an obvious error, but he didn't do anything, and neither did his whole staff. They all panicked. They didn't go on the radio. They didn't call the police. They didn't even issue a press conference. So what was the result? Locals and tourists. Tourists were just rushing down Waikiki on the beach. I saw this on YouTube. They were just rushing down, running for a panic, getting into, getting into a hotel. They thought they were going to die. Locals were, I guess, I guess they saw, they saw Wolverine. Remember Wolverine? And then how he jumped into a sewer, I guess a sewer thing. And then he actually protected him and the Japanese dude from getting, I guess, nuked. Well, locals found sewer drains and they were, I guess, putting their kids down sewer drains. This is crazy, right? All because the governor, I just panicked. He didn't do anything. So after 38 minutes and everyone thought they were going to die, finally, finally, the governor came out and issued a statement saying that the warning was set in error, even though he knew it right away. Now, here's what's even worse. The locals here in Hawaii, they voted this dude, this idiot back in power. So now we have COVID and we have to deal with his, with his brain all over again. This, this idiot all over again. This douchebag. This guy who wins douchebag of the universe, you know, in 2018. This guy should win douchebag of the universe for like, I guess, of all time. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I'm going to cut to commercial. And I'm going to start talking about COVID, what's happening here in Hawaii. And um, I'm going to go over all of this all with the new vaccine stuff, all with the, you know, I guess, issue my whole opinion to you right after I get back from these messages. And uh, I hope you join me on the other side. All right, guys. What is going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer-in-chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, elopings, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S, that's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. So, look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So, visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. All right, everyone, I hope you're back from that commercial break. I know it wasn't too long, right? And I know I keep talking about COVID here, but I think it's something I want to keep talking about right now because there's so much bad information out there. Um, You know, uh, (laughs) I don't trust Dr. Fauci. And again, I'm not a doctor. And I don't trust a lot of what other doctors are saying too. Because when I hear them speak, especially on TV, all I hear is fiction. Now, Again, I'm not a doctor, so why? So, I guess what gives me the right to say it's fiction? Well, it's, well, it's because I write fiction for a living. 
So I can spot plot holes. You know, I, I can spot, you know, I guess loopholes. That's my, that's my job as a writer, as a fictional writer, because when you write fiction, you have to take a look at all the plot holes, all the loopholes, all the holes, period, right? And you have to write it, write them out. You have to create excuses. And when I hear these doctors, Dr. Fauci especially, when he speaks, <laughs> his arguments are full of loopholes. When I hear Joe Biden speak, his arguments are full of loopholes, plot holes, everything. Things just don't make any sense. You, you know, and, and, and this is what really bothers me. Because when you tell the truth, there's no plot holes at all. Now, you can write in plot holes if a person doesn't tell you the truth, right? And you can write in plot holes if you don't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I mean, for example, if Trump says something like, I'm so hungry I can eat a cow, then you have New York Times writing in their own plot holes saying, well, Trump actually said he can eat a cow. That's a lie because you can't actually eat a cow in real life. And that's how they explain that Trump is lying. <laughs> that in itself is a plot hole. And I saw 60 Minutes this week lie about, you know, a, a Governor um, Rob, Sen, Sen, what is his name, Santanis? Or did it, no, Rob DeSantis of Florida about his handling of COVID. They completely lied. Completely lied. Tried to create their own story. They were screenwriting, not, not practicing journalism. And, and I don't know what the hell, why they did that. I don't know what the hell they were doing. So COVID is on the way out, all right, people? In fact, I think it's gone. I mean, I still, I think it's gone. I, I think it's done with, especially here in the United States. Now, why do I think that? Because when we still have positive cases and we have positive cases going up. Now, first of all, when you look at these graphs, you, you should not look at positive cases, all right? Because first of all, these tests are not accurate and anything can test positive, the table can test positive for COVID, all right? A person who's vaccinated can test positive for COVID, but it doesn't mean they're infected. There's a difference between positive and infected. So now what is a positive case and what is an infected case? They group it all into one. If a person who is asymptomatic, if a, per, if a person who is asymptomatic and has been double vaxxed, right, or has the vaccine and has not passed it on, but he tests positive for COVID because the COVID virus is in his nose. He counts as a positive COVID case. But is he infected? Most likely not. So this is what they're counting as infected. So there's a lot of people out there who are being tallied up, who have been vaccinated and are positive. <laughs> okay? But they're not infected. And some of them have been infected but then they have very, very mild symptoms, which means the antibodies inside their body are actually working. They're not getting sent to the hospital because more than likely, if they weren't vaccinated, these people may have, have had a very bad case of COVID and they may be hospitalized. So we have to always look at deaths. Deaths more than positive. So when you Google COVID United States and cases, well, flip over, click on that little link there the little button there that says deaths. Screw positive cases. Screw it. All right? Because, again, you know, they could be false positives. They're, they're, they're not infected cases. We don't know. But at least we know that the deaths are true. 
I guess, positive cases, the true people, I guess, those who are actually got infected, right? Deaths, even though they lag by three weeks, by, by three weeks, they're truly infected cases. They're, they're not false positives. And what we see right now is that that decline is still going down in the United States. Here in Hawaii, it's basically zero. Zero. I think the other day we had two or three. But the majority of the people are A-OK. So who, so here's the thing. The dramatic decline in positive cases has have le- has leveled off. Okay, let's be honest with that. Right, that we had from January till now, we had this really steep decline, and it looked as though if we continue on this line by the beginning of April, it'll be gone. Okay, so what happened? Right. Well, what happened is that we opened up, and all the young adults, including me, I think I'm still considered young, even though, even though I'm 44. Right. Um, we all started going out there and, and, and gallivanting around and partying and everything like that. So a lot of people who are younger got infected. So the average case of COVID in the, in the United States is 35 years old. 35 years old. So 35 years old, do you know the odds of survival at 35 years old? Do you know what it is? It's 99.98%. So you have a 0.02% chance of dying of it, right? That's less than the flu, by the way, all right? So now the hospitalization is down low. It's so low. And there's very little ICU beds being used for COVID. But what will the media tell you? Well, hospitals are running at almost full occupancy. Well, yes, hospitals usually do run at close to full occupancy. Have you been to the doctor before pre-COVID? It takes you a while to get a to get a doctor visit, right? You have to always wait in line, right? When you go to the hospital, you have to wait, wait, wait. The emergency rooms are always filled with a lot of people because a lot of illegal immigrants were going there to use it, right? You just have to wait. It was always running close to full occupancy. It was never empty. An empty hospital isn't a profitable hospital. That's why a lot of Hospitals were going broke and going out of business during COVID because they were they were still empty. All right. So here's my, my thing when it comes to fiction. What echoes loudest in the chambers of my brain is the information they're not telling us. Why don't they tell us everything? They've collected stats on every single patient and their age, their treatments and everything. Why don't they tell us of those who are infected, how many of them were wearing masks? Oh, they don't want to tell you that, right? The truth is 95% were wearing masks. The CDC leaked that out by accident. That means masks didn't work. Now, of course, you don't, you don't hear Fauci saying that. He says, tell, he, he's out there telling you, if you double mask, triple mask, well, it, it's even safer than a vaccine. And even if you're vaccine, you should double mask or triple mask. What an idiot, Right. Now, of those who are infected, how are they being treated? How? How? We know for a fact that Donald Trump got COVID. And when he got COVID, he started using synthetic antibodies. Now, is that treatment available for other patients out there? Yes or no? And how quickly are they being treated? Of those who died, what happened to them? Right? Their death is more than just a stat. But Fauci and all of your states... They just want to rack up two stats, positives and deaths. Not the reason why. Not the reason why underneath. They just want to give you this overall narrative that COVID is still dangerous and and for you to get vaccinated. I just want to know why. And why won't they tell us everything? 
That's what echoes loudest in my brain, right? Why can't they tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? No, they'll just give you an abbreviated version. And we know the truth will come out later that they're covering a lot of stuff. So my question here, are the vaccines safe? I really hope they're safe because a lot of my friends and family are taking it. Um, I really do. And, um, you know, I was pro, I'm still pro-vaccine. I'm still pro-vaccine. I'm not anti-vax. Will I take it myself? I don't know yet. I'm still on the fence. There are really good arguments for it and there are really good arguments against it. Now, here's what I've been noticing. Now, for the majority they seem to be very, very safe. Now, there's a very, very, very small percentage of people who have been very negatively affected. And there are, there's even some people who have died from it, all right? Let's not even beat around the bush. There was a 39-year-old girl, year old girl who got her second dose, I think, I think of either Moderna, I think the Moderna one, she got this, her second dose, and she died. She actually died, and she was in perfect health. Now, she had some type of, I guess, um, reaction to it, but it's also on her because she wasn't able to poop or pee for two days and she waited that long to go see the doctor. And, you know, by that time, if you can't pee or poop for two days, that's really bad news. I mean, the, the second you can't pee, if you, if you take the vaccine and you can't pee, you better head to the doctor and you better get cathed. I'm sure you got to get cathed because something is really wrong with you. And if you don't get cathed, you're going to run into a, a really huge load of problems. All right. So I'm just telling you that you take this vaccine or you take anything and you can't piss, you head to the doctor right away. You tell them, dude, I can't piss. All right. Because something is majorly wrong and they're going to put a cath in you. It's going to be really uncomfortable, but it's going to save your life. Now, what are the long and long-term effects of these vaccines? We don't know. And I think that's the scary thing, right? Now there is, there is proof that these Vaccines, period, are very safe. They're very, very safe medicines, right? Uh, But these mRNA vaccines, uh, they have been proven to affect pregnant laboratory animals negatively. So why are we telling, why is the CDC telling pregnant people to go take the vaccine? I just don't understand that. It's been proven to affect pregnant laboratory animals negatively. That's been proven. Now, again, I know animals, guinea pigs are different than humans, right? But <laughs> why take the chance? I, I, I'm not even sure why they're telling people who are going through chemotherapy to take the vaccine. I really don't. It, it's just stupid because <laughs> the vaccine works when you have an immune response and you won't have that immune response if the chemotherapy basically killed off your immune system. It's, it won't make any difference. You take it. You're, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> you're not going to get sick from the vaccine. You're not going to get like a fever or anything if you get if the vaccine, if you're taking chemo, they said. Yeah, it's because your immune system is not responding. Now, here's my other thing. Okay. So anytime, and this is a real pet peeve of mine. Anytime you hear scientists use percentages or odds, they're just full of it. All right. Anytime you use percentages or odds in any piece of, I guess, fictional work, you're using that to persuade an audience. You, you know, you always hear about, you always hear journal, journalists 
use percentages or odds. You always hear sportscasters use percentages or odds, and they're just trying to create a narrative, all right? And that's all they're doing. But here's the truth. I mean, I mean, let's really talk about this here. Would you fly in a plane that has a 95% chance of working? That means you have a 5% chance of it not working. Would you fly in that plane? Would you step on that plane? Absolutely not. You would, lo- you would want to know that this plane has a 100% chance of working and the maintenance record and everything like that. You know, all those things, right? <laughs> you know, when the 737 MAX was actually, uh, it crashed. The majority of the 737 Maxes out there didn't crash, but they troubleshooted it because only two of them out of the huge fleet crashed. That's less than 1%, right? That's less than 2%. In fact, it's less than, I'm not sure how much the fleet was. I think there's like a couple thousand. So it's, it's, a, it's 0.0001% actually, not less, less than 2%. So less than 0.001% of all the 737 Maxes actually crashed. Yet they grounded all of them because they deemed them to be unsafe. But they had a 99% chance of working, <laughs> right? But they had a 0.001% chance of crashing, yet they grounded it. So you're going to take a vaccine that has a 95% chance of working and a 5% chance of not working. Your vaccine has, you know, has a higher failure rate than the 737 MAX. Do you get that? You get that it just it doesn't make sense when you start playing with these percentages and odds, and and they want to play that game. It doesn't make any sense to me. They're they're all just bogus narratives. Would you hop in a car with a drunk driver? After all, most drunk drivers make it home okay from the bar. It's actually around ninety five percent. All of us know people who actually have driven drunk, and they drive drunk quite regularly. 95% of the time they make it out, make it okay. In fact, there's a lot of people you know who have driven drunk home from the bar and they still drive home great. They just drive home without killing anyone. But we only care about the 1% or less than 1% people who actually they kill, right? And, we, from, and because of that, we tell them, don't drink and drive. Again, you know, most drunk drivers make it home okay from the bars, 95%. They have a success rate of that. But does that mean it's okay? No, absolutely not. Would you hire an architect who had a pretty good reputation? 95% of their houses didn't fall down, but the other 5%, well, they just crumbled. Would you trust them? So they're saying, trust this vaccine. It has a 95% chance of working. And only very, very little people actually get sick or die from it. Very little people. But you still trust it? You wouldn't trust an architect to build that home for you, would you? You wouldn't hop into that that drunk driver's car and you wouldn't you wouldn't fly in a plane that has a 95 95% chance of working. You wouldn't fly in the 737 Max, would you? But you'd take the vaccine. I mean, I'm just I'm just making out this argument here, right? Because they want to play the percentage game here. So my point to you is that percentages don't mean everything. 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Does that mean your husband or wife has a 50% chance of walking out on you? Absolutely not. So stats are used to tell a story, to persuade an audience. It's never used to engineer anything, all right? What I want to know is how effective are these mRNA vaccines 
at creating antibodies when they look at it when they look at it under a microscope. And apparently, it's very effective, and it does bind to the COVID spikes very, very well. So in that case, it's very effective. Why does why is it not effective? Well, some people with immune systems who are not good, they don't generate the antibodies, and that's the reason why. All right, that's the reason why. But is it safe for all people? So again, we have to ask that question. Do I fall into that one percent that will not be safe? I want to know who's not safe. So do I fall on that one percent or not, or point zero one percent? I just want to know. Just tell me. Boeing troubleshooted their 737 MAX for that 0.001% that their computer could go bad, right? So they actually fixed the computer, which was just a software glitch that ended up crashing the MCAS system, right? That little software glitch called the MCAS system ended up crashing the 737 MAX into the ground. They fixed that. It was one line of code. But what do you know? What do I know? What do I know? I'm just a, I'm just a broke screenwriter, right? Right. Okay. So anyway, so when you, here's the other thing I I hate. Just recently, Pfizer, they claimed that their vaccine was 100% effective in protecting children from COVID. 100% effective. Well, that's really great. 100% effective. Here's the facts. Your child has a higher chance of dying from the flu than COVID. And they don't need the vaccine because they have pretty much 100% I guess, I guess, I guess um, they have a hundred percent success rate against COVID already without the vaccine. So why do you need? Why does your kid need the Pfizer vaccine if he's going to be okay without it? One hundred percent of the time, he won't even know he got, he got sick. All right, I just don't get it. So here in Hawaii, again, COVID, the COVID positive cases have risen. Um, the average age, average age of all those who got infected are just like a, people around the whole United States. It's 35. So it doesn't matter that the 35-year-olds are getting sick. We had a 39-year-old who got sick here. He was a police officer. He got sick. And guess what? Guess what they didn't tell us? Oh, he had sickle cell anemia. He's one of the few Asians in the world who has sickle cell anemia. And sickle cell anemia and COVID don't really mix well together. It's like oil and water, right? And they had they actually had that in the study. Now, I told this story about, I think, a few times over my last podcast. But I'll just tell it to you again because I know a lot of you don't listen to my podcast on, on a re- religious basis, right? So it may not be new to you. But this guy, 39 years old, I think he spent like three months in the hospital. The guy had sickle cell anemia. Right, They're one of the few Asians. Most of the time, it's like the blacks who have it, right? The African Americans who have it. That's why COVID is a lot more dangerous to them than anyone else. And get this: only three ICU beds in the whole whole state of Hawaii are being used for COVID. Most of the elderly, the vulnerable, are vaccinated and safe. So the vaccine does work. So my father's fully vaccinated. He didn't get any, by the way, any, any um, symptoms after getting the vaccine. And my mom is on her, way, on her way to get the second. But the truth is, if you get one, you're pretty much safe already. And the reason why, here's the thing. The reason why we locked down initially was to flatten the curve, right? To prevent a hospital overrun. Well, we only have three ICU beds right now. Three ICU beds right now that are being used for COVID, okay? And, and the case number is going up. We, we only have three ICU beds in Hawaii being used for COVID. 
And the entire reason why the healthy had to wear masks and to lock down was to protect the elderly and vulnerable. So what does that mean that the hospitals are not filled and the elderly are safe? Why are we wearing masks and fearing like another lockdown? Why are we even social distancing? Why do young adults need to get vaxxed at all when it's proven that natural herd immunity is better than vaccine immunity? T-cell immunity, which you get from natural infection, is effective against all strands of SARS-CoV-2. If you just get this vaccine, this vaccine, you may not be, I guess, I guess, immune to all strands of or all strains of of of, of SARS-CoV-2. <laughs> what does this mean? What does this mean that I just told you? Right? It means the end of COVID has already happened. If those who don't have to shelter in place, if they don't, if they don't have to live in fear, again. It's the 35-year-olds who are getting tested positive. Who the hell cares? These were the people we said, hey, we know for a fact. These were the people in the beginning, right? We said, these are the people who are asymptomatic spreaders. You look healthy. Your immune system is great. You can spread it. You can spread it without even knowing it. You can spread it to your parents, your uncles, your grandparents, and all those things. But now all those people are safe. So it's over. It's completely over. You've already got the vulnerable in, in a safe place. They can come out from hiding. You shouldn't wear your mask. You should get infected, if anything. You should get infected out there, and then you should you know, stay home, get yourself better, come out there, and you'll be part of the herd. And in fact, you'll be better because if we have the other strands of SARS-CoV-2 that comes in, then you'll provide herd immunity for those who got vaxxed. That, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? All right, people. Now, here's the, here's the, here's the thing I want to talk about in the last, the last topic here is the, is the vaccine passport. The, the Biden administration said they will absolutely not enact a vaccine passport. But here's the thing. Private industries will and the Biden administration will work through these private industries, private companies, and use them as a proxy to forward their agenda of a vaccine passport. So in case if you want to join this college, they'll tell you, well, you have to be vaccinated. If you want to go into the store or this restaurant, they'll say you have to be vaccinated. If you want to go on, the, on top of this airline, they'll tell you you have to be vaccinated. So again, <laughs> The Biden administration is using this. They are using the private industry to actually take away your constitutional rights. It's like how they use Facebook to take away your freedom of speech, how they use Twitter to take away your freedom of speech, right? When all of a sudden Facebook and Twitter or Instagram or YouTube have become the, the arenas, the, the public soapboxes of the modern time, the Biden administration uses those soapboxes to limit your freedom of speech. And again, they're finding loopholes in the Constitution. Loopholes, plot holes, or anything. They're very smart, these Democrats. I am completely against a vaccine, I guess, a vaccine passport. I am completely against it. Um, will I get the vaccine? I'm still not sure. You know, <laughs> but here's the thing. If, if I am limited I mean, what do you do? If, if your freedoms are limited, I mean, I may be forced to get it, you know? 
I mean, even though I'm still on the fence on it, right? I may be forced to get it because, you know, what if I want to travel with travel with my family on a vacation and I can't hop on the plane without a vaccine? I'll be forced to get it. I'll just have to bite the bullet and say, I guess I got to get it. That's not fair. That's really, really not fair. I mean, I don't think a pandemic, you know, gives the right to the government to take away our constitutional freedoms. That's just my opinion. All right, people, I am out of here. It's getting too late right now. It's 3.33 a.m. I have some work to do tomorrow morning. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. And, uh, you know, if you liked it, you know, check me out on Barbecue 2 Movies. I'll be I'll be podcasting more often. I hope. I think I'll be bought, I guess podcasting my wedding Wednesdays. I think I have to podcast something later on today about you know whether or not this whole uh, I guess tier three got pushed back into tier two or the governor got grew a brain. I just don't know. Anyway, I am out of here and I will talk to you later. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, I hope you like my podcast. If you do, don't forget you can subscribe to me on any of the podcast platforms out there. Just look for Barbecue 2 Movies.